Listening to your SmackDown review here on the Dirty Sheets podcast. Be sure to follow the new Dirty Sheets Twitter account at Dirty Sheets X. That's at Dirty Sheets X. That's where you can get our opinions on wrestling and the latest information about the latest podcast that we are releasing. So this is another free show. Um, we have got our Apple subscription set up. That will come into play after this week. I'm going to do this show for free. Going to do Monday Night Raw for free. And uh, I'm going to drop some news bits that you will have to have a subscription for. And there'll be subscription shows moving forward. Other than the regular date sheet show that we'll always do for free on a Friday. So we are behind, obviously, at the moment because of the Premier League season and because I'm catching up with AEW and because of the UK pay-per-view, which I'm obviously expected to cover and almost expected to go to as well. Not that I have a ticket at the moment. I'm still sitting back waiting for the free tickets that I think I'll get on the weekend of because I know it's not sell out. Um, but I'm expected to be up to date. So I'm prioritising that at the moment and it has put my WWE behind. The best way to catch up would have been to skip talking about this show, but because it was so relevant and was made very much to look like it was Edge's last match, I have decided to cover it very, very quickly, and then there'll be a Raw podcast released very shortly after this one. I am up to date with WWE. I am incredibly up to date with AEW as well, with all of that um, zombie nonsense. Really wanted me to, really made me want to watch that first as opposed to just doing my usual WWE routine, whilst also handicapping the start of the Premier League season and handicapping La Liga, Serie A and the Bundesliga as well. If you want to benefit from all of my work that I do there, then head over to lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. There's a reason why that service has delivered 122 months in a row of transparent track profit, and you can make that money by heading over to lock, lockbetting.com. I encourage you, unlike many other sports handicappers, to do your research first. All of the spreadsheets are posted on lockbetting.com, and if you have a look at them, you will see how we've landed on being undefeated for over a decade. So, 
this edge situation is something that I'm going to talk about um, on the subscription side of things because there is a story behind this. I don't believe this is his last match, but it could be his last match in WWE. That's all I'll really say about it. But it was very much made out to be that way on television. Usually when we get these kind of tributes, either somebody's dead or they're going into the Hall of Fame or they're retiring. So it really does fall into one of those categories. I don't think he's dying. He's already in the Hall of Fame. So perhaps he is leaving. Or perhaps it's what I think it is when I cover this as a story on the subscription side of things. But as expected, and it's crazy that you say that for someone who's touching 50, this is a great match between Edge and Sheamus. Um, Strange opponent for Edge to finish off with, unless you heard the explanation from last week, which was very in-depth. Strange thing, as I said, to do on television. Strange build-up, strange way to go about your first match, uh, your final match, sorry, by saying, hey, I really love this guy and I want him to be my last match. And we kind of did that back way back when with Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, where there were a lot of guys who could have benefited a lot more by having this star making win by beating Ric Flair. But instead it went to Shawn Michaels because he wanted it to go to Shawn Michaels because he had a personal relationship with Shawn Michaels. There's some of that here with um, with Edge seemingly having a retirement match with Sheamus and retiring with a win. Now, traditionally, and Edge is a traditionalist, somebody like Edge would have gone out on their back, which makes me quite suspicious as to whether this is really it or whether something else is going on here because it would have been more beneficial for an Austin Theory or a Grayson Waller to actually beat Edge and retire him in Toronto and perhaps do something where his career is on the line. I would have thought that Edge's end of his career would have been more definitive and they could have got more out of it. And perhaps that's what they're leaving the door open to. Again, I'm a little bit hand-tied as to what I can actually say here on the show without giving away a piece of news that I'm going to put on the subscription side of things. So I will leave it there. And all I will say is very much look like the end. Very well done. Very good match. And uh, we'll see what happens next with Edge. So LA Knight takes the loss and the internet cries again because, of course, he's the rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin rolled into one, which he isn't. He doesn't look like the rock. He doesn't have the charisma of Stone Cold Steve Austin and he doesn't have the size of anybody that's been pushed because of their size. He just quite simply isn't a top guy, in my opinion. He can be one of these guys that just get pushed because the fans just insist on it at the level of a CM Punk or a 
Daniel Bryan. But at the moment, it's very difficult just to be given a world title when we are trying to establish one on Raw, albeit poorly. And Roman Reigns is in the midst of the most successful title reign of the modern era. So it's difficult to give him that. So obviously, this is going in the direction of the US title. There have been a number of hints by the Miz saying that he's never won a title. This Miz feud here is just to kill time. Obviously, at this point, Miz isn't even a credible win. Miz, as far as I recall, has won one television match in 2023. So LA Knight beating Miz won't matter. But at the same time, losing to Austin Theory won't matter. I think ultimately we do get back around to Theory versus um, LA Knight once Theory wins back the US title from Rey Mysterio because of Escobar. And then we break away into Escobar versus Mysterio. And then we have LA Knight chasing Austin Theory. I don't know if they can make that last all the way until WrestleMania. Perhaps the wise thing to do would be to have that be at the Royal Rumble. Because if LA Knight's in the Royal Rumble, then everybody will want LA Knight to win the Royal Rumble. And it will take away from Cody again. Cody again will be a disappointing Royal Rumble winner for the second year in a row. And they want to alleviate that issue. They don't want people to want The Rock or Sami Zayn like they did last year. And this year, they don't want people charting for LA Knight in the Royal Rumble whilst Cody Rhodes is in there, probably from a lower number. Obviously, he's not going to win from 30 again. That was part of the issue. But let's say Cody Rhodes goes in at number five and LA Knight goes in at number 20. Everybody's going to want LA Knight to win. So perhaps not having him in the Rumble at all, and having this extend to Raw Rumble where LA Knight, for example, kicks off the show and wins the US title at the beginning of the Raw Rumble and not and isn't in the Raw Rumble, is not in the Raw Rumble, that would probably be the best way to book it to alleviate any complications that would stop Cody from being seen as the main attraction and the main person that people want to see dethrone Raymond dethrone Roman, sorry, at WrestleMania 40. The only person I'm angry, livid at, is that low-life, good-for-nothing Austin Theory. He, he's a you thought it was you. I know. I gave Ray my blessing. Why? Because I have the utmost respect. Respeto, of which you have none. For the men the myth, the legend, Hall of Famer, my friend, and my mentor, Ray Mysterio. You hear that? Do you hear that? I see what you're doing, pal. It ain't gonna work. Yeah, it is gonna work. I don't know when they're going to pull the trigger on it. But they are definitely going to pull the trigger. Perhaps this could be a way to get Conan back on television. Perhaps he could be the voice in Escobar's ear. And he could be telling Escobar to turn on Ray. And he's mad at Ray because Ray didn't get him a job in the WWE after the Hall of Fame speech that he gave him. I mean, Conan will do... Conan will just take any storyline to, to be back on television, basically. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's really going to happen. But I do think Escobar's going to turn. Because Escobar's been a big dud. Since he came back, much like many of these Triple H re-signings, they haven't worked. He hasn't worked. He especially hasn't worked as a babyface. The whole LWO thing is awful. And um, what's annoying is the whole time you've had LWO in your back pocket, you've also had NWO in your back pocket. 
how much of a rub would it be to have either Kevin Nash or Hulk Hogan, probably Kevin Nash more likely, re-signed with the company, recruiting for the new NWO, just being in a managerial role, much like um, much like when the Four Horsemen were managed by J.J. Dillon. That could be what Kevin Nash does. I mean, Kevin Nash, anyway, should be involved in some way. Maybe he could be on, on the commentary. The fact he's not doing anything is a tragedy to me. He's such a good talker. He's good on his podcast. He's funny. He's witty. It would be a breath, breath of fresh air. And it would obviously take a weight off his mind after what's happened with his son. It would be a distraction for him. It would be a win for us, whether it be as a commentator, whether it be um, to reformulate the NWO, which would be far better than this... LWO reincarnation that we've seen but ultimately I think they realised that it'll be interesting to see what they do with the tag team and what they do with Zelina Vega I think Zelina Vega with Escobar would be good it would recreate the old formula with Andrade and Zelina but everything happening right now isn't working but Rey Mysterio Escobar feud could be good uh, a good way to get the US title off him if it's not for the US title I don't think it will be I think ultimately the the feud doesn't need the belt and the belt can go elsewhere as uh, LA Knight chases the only title that he can um, in reality win in the WWE at the moment. So the main female segment of the show, the main female angle was involving Bianca Belair and a potential injury. And perhaps this means she's taking time off because with EO Sky as champion, you do have viable contenders there in Charlotte and Oscar, although it was Bianca who got the pin over Bailey. So I'm a little bit confused by that. But ultimately, if she is taking time off, that would make sense. She has been working non-stop on top since she won the Royal Rumble in 2021. She went on to main event night one of WrestleMania in that uh, woke main event between her and Sasha Banks. She then went on to defend the title all the way to SummerSlam. Becky beat her for it. She then chased Becky all the way to WrestleMania. She then held the belt all the way past WrestleMania 39 into Saudi Arabia, where she lost it to Oscar. And she's been on this uh, chase redemption arc as well, where she won the belt back for a few seconds before being cashed in on EO. As I said, non-stop involved, doing everything possible, doing all the media under the sun, because obviously she has a very marketable face, the kind of face WWE want to push. She's diverse, she's pretty, so they want to make the most of it. And of course, she's very athletic in the ring. She can do some great things in the ring. Although for me, something with her just doesn't click. And that is something that is echoed by the merchandising numbers as well, because she's never done incredible merch sales. She's never been in that WWE top 10. 
and for a performer who's pushed as much as her and is at the forefront of WWE advertising and WWE commercials and WWE charity work and whatnot, she should be one of the top sellers. So something's not quite hitting, but she has worked her arse off solidly since coming on the main roster. And perhaps this is going to be a small break, although I do expect her to return for the UK tour in the winter because she is advertised for that. But at the same time, so is Jay Uso. And I don't know this Jay Uso situation either. But WWE sometimes do this. We do get performers leaving for a period when they've been on TV for a long time. And Jay's another one. He's been working solidly since the Roman Reigns program back at the end of 2020. Solidly on television as much as Bianca. And perhaps these people are taking breaks. It's just strange to see them taking breaks at the same time. But Smackdown, Smackdown's not going to be one of those shows that's affected by the NFL. It's really going to be Raw that's going to need all the ammunition for this winter period, whereas Smackdown will just need the occasional Roman Reigns appearance. And we did get some hints from Paul Heyman on the show as to where the bloodline might be going. He did say that Jimmy Uso would be on the show next week and teased that in some way he had organised that or that he would be aligned with him. So that was the main tease for next week's show, along with Rey Mysterio going up against Grayson Waller, a match built off the back of the Grayson Waller show, which I don't really think is going that well. I don't think Grayson, for me, is showing what he did over on NXT. I think that's somebody who's going to need to reach the next level. I don't think he's reaching his potential yet. It doesn't help that he doesn't get any wins when he has matches, but he has had good matches. The talk show's been okay. The Grayson Waller effect, sorry, has been okay, but it hasn't been what it could be. It hasn't been what it was on NXT. And again, I put that down to another Triple H failure because this was done better on NXT than it's done on the main roster. And that should never really be the case. So this has been your very quick SmackDown review. There will be a Raw review that will follow this in the next few hours. As I said, I did watch everything collectively. I have prioritised AEW, and that is in order to catch up with AEW in time for All In and All Out. And I am going to do a preview of that show as well, because um, obviously there's been a lot of opinions about the card, a lot of opinions about ticket sales as well. But the card for me... Is very, very lacklustre. I expected Adam Cole versus MJF. I think the FTR Young Bucks match is obviously going to appease a certain portion of the fan base, as is CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. But after that, it does seem like it's a card where they very much decided, hey, everybody deserves to be on a stadium show. Much like a few WrestleManias we looked at, and there was just too many people on it. It was just too long. This has that kind of feel, which is not what I expected from this show. But we'll talk about it more when we do the preview. Until then, that's been it for your SmackDown review. Thanks for listening.